You're listening to Search Marketing Academy, the optimizer podcast about the wide world of search marketing, how everything that happens before, after, and around an ad click affects PPC campaign performance. Join me as I learn from the finest talent in copywriting, creative, SEO, and site experience, UI, UX, CRO, agency, and team leadership, and of course, paid media. I'm your host, Ashwin. I'm the head of marketing at Optimizer. We're building tools and automation to help PPC teams run campaigns their way. Find us at Optimizer.com. That's O-P-T-M-Y-C-R.com. Check out our other series, PPC Town Hall, our blog, videos, and much more. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us some rating in the podcast app of your choice. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Search Marketing Academy. Today's guest is a developer turned PPC specialist who runs his own agency. He joins us from Spokane, Washington. Tell us about yourself. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Nitish, and I'm a husband and owner of Prudent Digital. We are a paid search agency based out of Spokane, Washington, this beautiful city that we moved to right in the middle of pandemic because we wanted to be more outdoors. Uh, and we have a good mix of clients um, and we serve both B2B and B2C. Uh, we're not very specific in terms of either and it's worked out very, very well. Um, so we work both with e-commerce clients as well as um, somebody who's selling to directly businesses and um, both in terms of a national level or even a more regional state level um, targeting. I think Spokane's north of Seattle, right? Spokane's um, east of Seattle, four hours east. So okay. we are we are the second largest city in Washington State. Most of the Washington uh, population is based on the west side of the Cascades, mm-hmm. and over this side we get a lot more sun. Nice, nice. Yeah, I never made it to the the east of the Cascades. Uh, it's not a very popular spot, I would say. It's becoming popular, mm-hmm. and everybody who lives on the west side mostly thinks it's a desert. Uh, it's not. Uh-uh. I, I always thought the Cascades were like a water thing because of yeah. that name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's super cool. Um, you you actually visited a city that's quite different from the Pacific Northwest. You were in Phoenix last month um, yeah. for a program with Steve Sims and Kasim from um, Solutions 8. It was very amazing. And I my goal was to start the year on a different note. And I very much achieved that by doing that. I had my first experience of a marketing conference last year at Traffic and Conversion. I had never visited a conference before, so that was the very first time. And I got to see these two amazingly talented and successful individuals. I had attended both their sessions. So that was my first experience, even talking to them, introducing, um, having a conversation after their sessions. And this was an opportunity to get more of their experience over the years that they've collected. Um, And I was really excited about that. So Phoenix was a very different city. I'd never been to Arizona. This was my first time. Uh, very, very different. I had visited, visited New Mexico. So it was kind of a similar spot, uh, but very, uh, I would say, very big city. I wasn't expecting that. And we got um, we got a lot of restaurants to try um, that were based out of Chicago. So we lived in Chicago for years before we moved to uh, Spokane. And that was very nostalgic, visiting Phoenix and seeing all those uh, restaurants over there as well. Nice, nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i never been to Phoenix myself. Um, I imagine it's somewhat like Texas in my head, which I've, I've been to Texas so many times. Um, but but it's it's a wonderful city. And I, I hear so many great things about places down south in the U.S. now. Uh, Phoenix, Austin, these are all great cities. Like tech is, is booming everywhere. Yeah. Um, you're not a trained marketer. You were actually a full stack developer. 
Uh, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I did full stack development for approximately seven years. And this is going to sound very dumb, but I wasn't aware of Google Ads PPC. Like as a developer, I was aware of SEO, which was way more, which is still a lot more popular term as compared to PPC. But I didn't know anything about Google Ads. Like I wish I did when I was getting to be a developer, um, but everything turned out in a very specific format that I got to learn a lot more before I ever started anything in marketing at being a developer. And that was, that was my journey. So I got to work with a lot of big marketers um, who had made to two comma club. Um, I did multiple product launches for companies being like a one man dev team. Okay. And that gave me a very solid footing. When I look back and I realized it was like, I was starting to know what's conversion rate optimization. How should a landing page be? And this was back in 2017. And I still didn't know anything about Google ads. Uh, I was, yeah, I was starting to build full funnels. I was starting to realize what the user flow should be. And not just that, I was working to build complete email funnels on the process after that. Like, how should the user go? If they open an email, they should get another one. If they don't, they should get this one. So I was building all those flows. I was working on setting tracking for, um, for those clients. Because um, being a developer, I had all the access. And whenever a marketing, when they would work with a marketing agency, um, I was the one who was setting up the entire tracking process. And I was very fortunate to be on reporting calls when um, we would look at the marketing report to get to understand certain things. So I had like a very passive introduction to marketing and all of those metrics without having any intention that I wanted to be a marketer. The reason I wanted to become a marketer was like many businesses, the clients that I've worked with, some businesses work, some businesses failed. And being a developer, I would have to find a new client uh, once something failed. And it happened enough times for me to realize and get frustrated that I am on the wrong side of the business here. And I just need to go more forefront. And I had, I had started to develop a natural curiosity for marketing, being doing all those things over the years. Um, and, I, and maybe in 2019, I started to realize there's a thing, Google Ads, and um, it's pay-per-click and that's how it works. I knew Facebook ads before Google ads. Um, and that was my introduction to that. That's a hell of a journey. Um, yeah. And I see this so frequently, some of the best PPC marketers and marketers in general um, that I know today don't come from a marketing background. At least they didn't start in marketing. Um, you're a trained developer. I started in publishing. Um, there are other guests that have already had on the show who were uh, photographers and, and writers outside of marketing and people who did things that, you know, kind of go hand in hand with PPC today. So is, yeah. there, is there any part of your um, developing career that you feel helps you today as a marketer? Absolutely. How the user journey should be, what we are marketing, what the copy needs to look like, how direct the messaging needs to be, um, how much fluff doesn't help. Um, you know, what should be the journey on the landing page? How are you approaching? What does your offer look like? I've seen products, um, businesses not work out based on their messaging, based on their offers, what they're trying to sell, what the user is looking for. Um, that helps a lot because that is all outside the, outside the account. That is um, the stuff that, you know, um, I got to learn before I ever entered the account. 
you have no idea how happy it makes me to hear you say that. I, I used to be a copywriter. I'm now a growth strategist. And I've always had this phrase that I've, I've used whenever I work with a new team or a new client um, for several years now, which is basically everything is UX. So yeah. to hear you talk about funnels and fluff and, and how people should experience a website and experience a journey, I mean, that's just, you're speaking to my soul. But more excitingly, you, you actually have a story um, where you've used B2B content uh, for a client to reduce CPAs. I'm a very big fan of using demand generation to help demand capture. So tell me right. more about that. I really want to hear about this. Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that we've act actively done for the last two years, and we still continue to do that. Um, the main process that we do, like, um, of course, with like everybody, we focus on the bottom of the funnel. Whenever somebody searches those direct keywords, we have um, those campaigns, the search campaigns, uh, which is a big dinosaur here. But other than that, uh, we have really used top of the funnel content or even mid funnel content on Google's display network to generate leads. And the part that's worked out really well and continues to work out is um, custom segment audiences uh, over display network with building strategies like maximize conversion just continues to perform. Um, so something that worked really well and is going away was similar to audiences. Um, they're no longer available after May 2023, but they've worked really well um, over the last um, year and even more months. So um, I'm a little bummed about that, uh, but custom segment is something that continues to work, continues to perform. And we've even tested campaigns over target CPA and maximize conversion doesn't really make a difference from what I see. It, the campaigns keeps learning or keeps bringing us more conversion if, conversions if it stays on maximized conversion. This is like going to the accounts, I'll just step out for a bit. Um, the process that I follow is we tend to do one campaign, one ad group, one ad, and one targeting strategy. Because uh, there are still, there are accounts where I see even in display network where they have a campaign and they would have 10 ad groups and 10 ad groups have 10 different assets. And based on the budget, Google's never able to allocate to those 10 ad groups. It never really works out and it gets clustered between maybe like three or four. So if, you, um, if you're somebody who's looking to um, market content anywhere you have like a guide, demo, anything, um, and you wanna use display ads on Google, try to limit um, to a single ad group, single ad, and a single targeting strategy, what it will help you do is find your winners and you'll be able to kill campaigns way sooner. And where you find your winners, you can then maybe test another ad or something else. Um, and that process works um, very well. The other thing that I've seen is businesses buy lists. Um, I've seen businesses buy a list of users that might have visited the website, um, never provide the information or just um, email list or complete list of business owners they want to target. And I've, um, it has worked, I've seen it work very well on Facebook, but not really well on Google for whatever reason. I don't have a specific answer to that. Google seems to work way better. So um, in terms of remarketing audiences, then custom audiences, then in market and then affinity, um, that's kind of the um, approach that we follow. One thing that I've, um, this, this is something that I've learned over the years, but one thing that we realized was if you are uh, um, acquiring an email address with a name, whichever content you're providing in return, also give the user um, the option if they want to schedule a consult or a call or a demo, whatever is your next step in the funnel, give the option right on the first step for the audiences that are ready. And you'll be surprised how many users will choose that and measure those actions in different conversions. 
So if you have a form that's just name and email, give them a checkbox that pops up a new form where they can schedule a concert, a time and everything else. Or maybe you want to provide a link. And we, we've seen in, in a lot of different campaigns, we get like equal amount of concert requests as we're getting the, just the emails and names. Google's set up to connect with a lot of good CRMs, right? They have the native integrations with HubSpot, yeah. with Salesforce, but then you can also use Zapier and, and set it yeah. up with anything. Um, I love this idea because then you can also take the, the data set or you can score the leads and feed that back to Google and then it can go find you more, um, more leads that are likely to book a consult or a demo with you right away. Right. Here's another thing that we have tested. Um, that if you're selling something, like even if you have a display ad, it's more top of the funnel, but you have an option for the user to make a purchase, any level of purchase, whatever is the next step. And you, your page also has a contact form. Like if somebody needs to just get in touch, but they also have the option to make a purchase. What we have realized is if we just target the campaign towards the purchase, like if you're only providing the goal for the campaign to find users that will make the purchase, we get the contact forms way cheaper. Like our CP on the contact form drops because we are not providing the Google, we're not providing Google the easy conversion and it's just not going after that. And we have tested again and again. If we provide it, let's say both conversion actions, this is the contact form, this is the purchase action, um, we'll, we'll start to get a lot more contact forms for a higher CPA. Versus if yeah. we just kill the contact form out of the campaign and say the campaign is just supposed to go after the purchase action, miraculously we get more form submissions for same budget the cpa drops and we're now the campaign's also focusing on users who might take an action towards the revenue we're seeing the exact same thing in our accounts um yeah so for optimizers own ppc account um the more ruthless and hyper focused we are with the yeah. end outcome the better the results are and you alluded to that earlier as well um with the, the campaigns that have multiple ad groups and Google not yeah. being able to serve each ad group, you spread yourself too thin with Google ads, you're not going to get the kind of results. But if, if you narrow it down and say, this is exactly what I want, and this is all that I want, then um, it's it's really good at, at getting you that information, as long as it has the data to work with. Yeah. So that leads into the next question I have for you. On Twitter, you're always involved when we're talking about automation, you're pro-automation. Like all good PPC marketers, you also understand that there are certain limitations. Automation can help us be better, but we also have to help make automation better. So what, what has it been like for you and for Prudent to adopt some of these automation features in search marketing? I think I was um, lucky. By the time I was entering this, um, automation had, had started to become better. Like I, I don't have the experience as other um, OG PPC marketers where automation was bad at a point and they would just be uh, considering manual. So by the time I entered into this space, uh, most of these strategies had gone through the bad phases and they were starting to perform, right? So yeah. um, my initial experiences were um, like if the campaign was running on manual, I was very, I'm a very curious person. So I was very excited about running experiments. Like we'll split, split the audience 50-50 uh, and we'll run um, an experiment for let's say a target CPA um, versus a manual bidding. And what I found was not, this was like, this used to work. I don't know if it, if it still works. So we'll run an experiment. We'll, we'll get like more revenue. We'll get more conversions. We'll get, we'll drop the CPA. And if we would implement that experiment as a campaign, uh, it would start to drop down like our, our, our conversions or the users that we're getting. So what we found was if we just keep our manual campaign and we just refresh the experiment after a certain amount of time, uh, Google's more hungry in the experiment phase or wants to prove that strategy. And we did that for a really long time. <laughs> 
Nice. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I mean, one of the limitations with any any new automation that comes in is the data that feeds it, right? And you pointed yeah. that out. You came, you, you showed up right in time for Performance Max, though. Uh, I had the opportunity to, to test Performance Max and beta. Uh, and even like earlier, um, like as soon as like, I think some of the first campaigns that we were launching were like January 2022. Um, and it was it was wild. It was wild to see like early on how much it could it could do, especially in the accounts where brand, like I've seen it work really well, even in the accounts where brand wasn't big. Like the brand name or um, so th these are accounts where these are not like direct to consumer companies. They're more like marketplaces where they're selling other brands, but their own brand name is much smaller. And now in those situations, I've, um, I've seen it work tremendously well. In other situations, I've seen it like I've seen it where the I've seen it in accounts where the brand name is sometimes even the most searched organic keyword. Uh, so that's like uh, that's like a very uh, tricky scenario, even for a business point of view, where the most converting, the most organic keyword is exactly your brand name, and everybody's trying to bait on that, or where the brand name brings ninety percent of the revenue, where you know uh, the campaign is obviously just going to go towards that, um, and it aggressively goes toward it again and again and again. So there are like multiple scenarios. As there, I it's there. Surprisingly, there's like no one advice anybody can follow in this situation. It's more like perspective based, situation based, and you've got to figure out what works um, for different situations. I love the advice and and completely agree with you. There's there's no one answer, but you you're constantly testing stuff. You're constantly uh, learning new things, and I know you share them whenever possible. With, with people on social media. Talk to me a little bit about the work you're doing at Prudent. How can people reach you? How can they follow you? How can they ask you questions? Um, well, uh, you can find us on our website, prudentdigital.com. Um, the work that we're doing is we're, we're hyper-focused in terms of paid search, both Google and Microsoft ads. Um, we do YouTube ads as well, um, including that. And we're working with both um, e-commerce companies and B2B businesses who are um, directly focus on getting attention from other businesses and we are um our, some of our clients are like even in the b2b space they're like hardware focused or fulfillment focused um otherwise we are we have some SaaS clients as well there's one niche uh group of clients that have been building up is in the school space and i'm very excited about that uh where we constantly sell to schools across the us um teachers admin staff whether um, it's any kind of school furniture or curriculum to schools. Um, and that has that has been working out very well. I had no idea, um, like, like one of my first clients in the school space was that, that sold curriculum for English learners um, who are immigrants to US and they don't know. And that was my very first experience marketing to a school. And over the time we've built, like we've had like multiple clients in this space and um, it's a very exciting space. Yeah, uh, and I'm very happy to be in that.